Thanks to that piece of shit, Lieutenant, that's always uh, on his podcast. Bash us. Him. <laughs> All right, everybody, how you doing? Eric Dim, your most complained cop, NYPD. This is your 265 Live Series brought to you by the Finance Unfiltered. And, of course, along with me is John McCary, the founder and the co-host of the podcast, retired lieutenant NYPD. What's up, brother? How we doing? Doing good, my friend. Back in uh, the sunny state of Florida. I just left New York City where I caught the flu that's going around. That's <laughs> uh, it. I got a little flu beard going on, and, that, and that's about it. You know, But I'm back. I'm good, feeling good. I'm glad to be back in the sunshine. I, I'm actually happy to see you with a beard. Do you actually know the history of why men would wear beards back in the ancient day? No, I don't. Well, actually, there's some studies behind it, and they talk about it, that men would wear beards for further protection to take impact when they were in, in battle. So supposedly, that we, if you have a full enough beard, that it's supposed to help take impact from a punch or, you know, maybe some other uh, device in battle. But uh, that's really the, the history of it. It's pretty interesting, though. You know, along with that, also this prestige people talk about in status, but there is some legitimate uh, correlation to that. So you look good, brother. I like it. I'm glad you're feeling better. I think this is a good episode we're about to talk about here. Further emasculation, the NYPD, talk about supplements, anabolic steroids. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our brother at All Flags. He made me a beautiful flag. I want to thank him upside down. I really appreciate it, John. That looks outstanding. All flags, shout out, uh, real patriotic, great craftsmanship artwork. All flags, uh, produced one for John before. He does some great work. John, how can people find all flags if they're interested in having one made for themselves? Yeah, go to all flags on Instagram. He has a, <laughs> a very active Instagram page. He's made flags for everybody. Um, and he's just a great guy. If you guys want, you know, feel free to DM either myself, Eric, or email the podcast, and we'll give you all his contact info. He does great work, all custom work, whatever you want. Like you could see here, I mean, you know, you got the podcast logo on there. If you want one with the podcast logo, he'll do that for you too. Whatever you want, you want your own artwork on there. You want it to be half American, half Israeli, half American, half Albanian, half American, half whatever, whatever nationality you are, whatever you want, or you want your country's flag. Whatever it is, he'll do it. Uh, great, great, Greg. Great guy. Great business. Uh, and you could see very well-made product. Absolutely. Shout out to All Flags again. So there's a, an article that was written by Tina Moore from the New York Post. It's actually a good article. It has a good title. And it's about members of the NYPD. They're basically being threatened to not take supplements, legal supplements over the counter, to enhance workouts for better health, people that are interested in doing the gym, which they should be. So, John, what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, you know there's there's so much to peel back here, but let's let's start out talking about this uh, this actual title and this this article. Yeah. So Tina Moore, she a New York Post. Uh, she's the police chief for the Post. She titles this article "NYPD warns." cops they could be fired for taking over-the-counter supplements uh parentheses complete overreach right so what basically that she's saying is that the nypd is telling cops uh they're telling them that basically if you take legal supplements you go to gnc you buy something completely legally you ingest it in your body and their test for for steroids 
if anything that you take triggers that test, there is zero tolerance and you'll be fired. I fought, I, find, I found fault with this years ago. So this is not a new phenomenon to the NYPD. When John, when, I, when John and I were on the job, this was actually a subject of conversation. And I remember I, I was never a big weight guy. Right? I was always into martial arts, but I was into exercise and, me and mental health. And I do think there's a big correlation, but I would work out. There are a lot of calisthenics. I did do some, some weightlifting. I didn't spend predominantly my time doing weightlifting. And I wasn't into supplements, but I knew a lot of cops that worked with me, uh, worked for me, and they took supplements, and uh, and they really supported it. And a lot of them were in great shape, and that doesn't mean that they're taking steroids. But back then, we couldn't get any direct advice from the union. And the unions would say back then, just don't take anything. And that's not the answer. You know, it was just a, just don't take anything, don't take any chances. And John, you and I talk about this, and we, we talked about this in, in length. Why does the NYPD put the blame on the cops of what they're taking? The blame should be on the NYPD for having a faulty exam. And I had given this correlation. The UFC and other sports athletic organizations test their athletes, and they don't have these issues. They have the quality test. The NYPD has more money than the UFC and these other organizations, I would argue that, and yet they have faulty tests. So, John, what are your thoughts on that? complete laziness on the part of the NYPD. It's complete laziness and leadership, as we always see. Um, it's unwillingness to admit that the exam that they're using is faulty. I mean, uh, so but back in the day, what you're talking about is the NYPD put a thing out that cops could only take supplements that are NSF certified, right? So what the NCAA testing, what they say is, is good, um, it, it would be NSF certified. I forget what, what those what those three letters stand for. But that would mean if you took that supplement, you're fine. You will not trigger their test. But obviously, somebody triggered on one of those tests, right? Where it 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 popped positive. They popped positive for taking steroids, for steroid abuse based upon that test. But what they do? They got a doctor. They said, these are the supplements I'm taking. They went to their doctor and the doctor said, yeah, well, if you take this supplement, this could trigger this, which will trigger that test, which is a false positive because that is not an anabolic steroid. It's a legal supplement, meaning the NYPD's test is not a good test. So instead of saying, instead of saying, hey, let's let's go back and look at this test and why we have this test. What do they do? They do what the unions do. Yeah, Mo, just don't work out, kid. That's it. You know, that's it, Mo. You don't need to work out no more. You're 40. What are you working out for? Don't worry about it, Mo. You know, and that's and that's what is laziness. It's just pure, utter lazy. Just don't take any supplements. And you know, it's it's it, again, it's it's it I agree with that, with that whoever made the statement that it's a complete overreach. It is a complete overreach where they're again they're telling you what you could put in your body, what's healthy for you. And I mean, and when you look at the upper management of the NYPD, I mean, they should be the poster for exactly how you do not want to look in uniform, exactly how you do not want to age. You know, so I don't I would not take health advice from these people at all. I would I would take health advice from my doctor, from uh, nutritionists, from people of that nature, not them. Well, I absolutely agree with you. I, you know, we watch Joe Rogan, biggest podcast in the entire country, and we watch other podcasts where they promote TRT and other things for testosterone, especially the weak management of the NYPD as they get older. 
they don't fit the bill. They don't they don't look the part in uniform. We understand you get older. And some of these guys are, are excellent candidates for TRT, but what they don't understand, and I say this, this is there's this belief that well, these guys are taking anabolic steroids and they're just they're all gonna get jacked up. That's not true. You know, I I understand as the NYPD law enforcement, we should not be taking illegal anabolic steroids. We have to set the example. But I do understand that there is a place for it, that if there are cops that seek out anabolic steroids from, from a prescribed, from a doctor, or they're getting TRT because they're getting older, right? And you're dealing with adversaries that are younger to, to maintain your testosterone, to increase your testosterone level so that you can maintain physicality, especially in the NYPD, a job that we expect you to be masculine that you can you're out there and you need to fight for yourself your comrades in the public there is a place for it and what they don't understand is they think oh you take steroids it's this magic pill and you're just going to get gigantically jacked and people are going to see that that's not true if someone takes steroids they still have the dedication they still have to put the work in to actually get the results it's not it's not just gift that you just give someone this red pill and they just blow up and get all these muscles. They still have to work for it. But yes, they should be taking things legal. But the problem to to put a ban or threaten cops to not take supplements and you said it because it would trigger their test. Again, if this correlates to everything we talk about with the NYPD, they put the blame on the cops and not on the leadership and the blame should be on the leadership. They should sit back and say, "Wait a minute." What is going on? What are we spending on this test? What type of test do we have that this is happening? We need to stop it. These cops should be as fit as possible. And if the supplements enhance their physicality so they could do a better job, then we need to really look into this and get a better test. Again, I just I think it's a complete, complete overreach. I mean, imagine your employer telling you that something that's in your diet that makes you feel good, whatever it is. I like to eat grilled chicken, right? So I, I eat grilled chicken, I cook it up. I pop positive on this drug test because of the grilled chicken. And my employer's telling, you just can't eat grilled chicken anymore, guys. That's what's, and that's exactly what they're doing here. Somebody takes supplements, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel healthy. It makes them work out. And it doesn't only affect their, their physical health, it affects their mental health and it affects their overall well-being. And they're being told, you can't take that. Oh, you could take it. But if you do, and that triggers, even if a doctor tells us that that'll trigger that, because you taking that, it could trigger our faulty test, you're going to be fired. I mean, that is ridiculous. And you know, you know who should really be at the forefront of this, too, with the unions? The union's response, Paul DiGiacomo, the DEA. Paul, I hope you're listening to this because your response was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely, utterly ridiculous. And we'll get into that in a second. But where's NYPD health and wellness, too? I see a lot of fitness gurus there. I see a lot of people talking about fitness and feeling good and doing you and doing the things that make you happy and make you feel right. But again, when it comes to you're an alpha male, you're a man who goes to the gym every day, you work out. Here we go again. What's your answer? Nah, maybe don't work out too heavy because you know what? Maybe a shoulder muscle might scare somebody when you're walking down the block. Maybe someone might be intimidated because you have a thicker neck than the, than the lawyer that's in 1PP that, that's going to draft this policy that's going to say you're going to be fired. Maybe people aren't going to like that. So health and wellness, again, nowhere. Complete defunct, 
should totally just be done. They should just rip that unit out and get rid of them. I definitely think there is there's definitely something to solidify what you're saying. I definitely agree that there's some envy in this, right? When uh, the upper echelon and many people of the NYPD are not in shape or they're out of shape and they look at other cops and they see that they, they you know, they look good in their uniform and they're in shape and they have great physicality and, and they want to show some dominance over them by accusing them of taking anabolic steroids. So what I'm curious also is what is the actual, at this point, I knew what it was back then, but what is the actual threshold to test someone for anabolic, anabolic steroids? And, and when I say anabolic steroids, keep in mind, they have to be illegal anabolic steroids, which I think correlates to what you said about Paul Giacomo's statement. And his statement talks about HIPAA laws and why people should not have to disclose that. And John, I'll let you go, go into that because that really correlates to where you are in life and this path. So let's talk about how that correlates to if someone is taking anabolic steroids legally and it's actually prescribed in comparison to illegally and what the union st uh, stance is on this. Yeah, well, I think and that's and that's a great point. I, I don't even think we talked. You. you just brought up a great point. What if for you to feel good, you do have to take anabolic steroids and your doctor says, you know what, you have extremely low testosterone. It's not because of your lifestyle and it's not because you're not working out and it's not because of any of these things. It's something genetic in you where you're losing your testosterone as a male at an extremely high rate. And the doctor's like, listen, I think that we should do some hormone therapy here. Um, and, and, and bring you back up to natural levels so that you're, you feel good. Your sex drive is high. You're, you're able to have energy at work. You're able to have mental clarity. By the way, if you do not experience any of these things, the majority of men do, do not have this problem well into their fifties. Um, so I don't try to go out and say my, my testosterone is low because I'm sure a lot of people have went to that doctor and had that testosterone checked. I actually recently did. Um, just when I was having anxiety and all this stuff, I checked that to see, cause that could be a trigger figure. I'm getting older. Let me see. Uh, doctor's like, yeah, your testosterone's super high, dude. Everything looks good. Oil levels are good. I was like, all right, awesome. Um, I spoke to a friend who's on it and he was saying that if you take testosterone, it starts to affect, it starts to affect your body's natural ability to create testosterone. So basically, once you get on it, you're on it for life. Um, so but if you need to, your doctor is telling you to, as part of your health plan, to feel like a normal person, that is absolutely something that the job should not stand in the way. You know, I totally agree with you. And some of our, our women listeners, they might get mad at me for saying this, but I think it's a good correlation to understand we should not tell people what to take in their body, again, if it's legal or if it's prescribed by a doctor. And, and the reason why I'm about to bring up women is because there are plenty of women I worked with in the police department, and they, they would get uh, bombing makeovers or different uh, breast augmentation or all different types of things. And, but, but, right, but I'm saying, like, but who, we, who are we to – what's that? Fake butts. Fake butts, <laughs> but you know, listen. <laughs> but at the same talk, listen for my my women listeners out there. Listen, I appreciate your support. I'm not hating on you, but what I'm saying is, we're not going to tell you not to get augmentation to change your body, right? That's a choice that you made. So why are we going to tell 
and I say specifically men, there are there are women and there are female bodybuilders in the NYPD. I know that have experimented with testosterone and, and, and anabolic steroids prescribed by their doctors because they compete. So there is a place for it. But are we going to tell the average cop if the average cop decides, well, you know what, I'm getting older. And, and I need this, I need testosterone replacement to assist me, or I need some anabolic steroids, uh, and maybe espol es I think it's, uh, what's it called, Espulsion, Espulsion, I think it's called. Uh, that's a, an anabolic steroid that, that can be pr uh, prescribed by a doctor. Now, I've never taken these things, but I'm not totally against it. If you take it legally and you're not abusing it, anything in life could be, I, I mean, a car is great for travel and it could be used as a weapon. So I think it could be used for, for some good and, and, or it could be used for, you know, bad purposes, but we're not going to tell women what, what to do or not to do with their bodies. And it's, I think the same thing goes for men. We shouldn't tell them what to do with their bodies, especially if it's to enhance them so that they can look better and feel better. Cause there is a correlation with feeling better in your uniform. I do think that if you feel better and you look better, it's going to help you do your job better. I, I see a big correlation there. So again, if my women supporters out there, don't be mad at, me i have no problems with it <laughs> i'm a big fan of fake bus by the way but <laughs> without that being said without that let's go into Paul's statement a little bit paul de giacomo detective endowment association president right i'd rather have a cop in good shape who can protect himself and protect his partner and the people we serve than someone who doesn't have the ability to accomplish physical goals the Giacomo agreed that cops should always check the safety of whatever product they take, but ripped the policy as an invasion of privacy because some officers might have prescriptions for the substances. Personal medical information, pay close attention here, personal medical information should be just that, personal, the union head said. Top brass forcing detectives to disclose a doctor prescribed medication is a complete overreach and the union will seek every legal action necessary to put a stop to it. Now, I mean, I know for me, the reason that I'm retired and doing this podcast right now is because the NYPD did a complete overreach, not only on your First Amendment religious rights, but on your medical rights too, your HIPAA law, right? Everyone in the command knew whether you took something or didn't, right? Everyone in the command knew who had to wear a mask and get tested because they either took something or they didn't, right? And that's a complete overreach. And to as of today, today, what's today's date? Today is January 8th, 2024. There are detectives, Mr. President Paul DiGiacomo, detectives who have termination next to their name because they refused to give their private medical information to the NYPD. And what have you done for them? What are you doing for them? Absolutely nothing. Your statement, your statement's nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Blah. It's a, and, and the fact that you even feel comfortable to make that statement and not see the complete hypocrisy in it just shows you're in over your head it's time to step down, guy. Maybe you should start looking at some hormone therapy yourself. <laughs> well, let's be honest. He made the statement, and I know right now he's regretting it after we drop this episode. He's, he's going to say, damn, those two retired. Those two retired guys again. He forgot about us because before 
the finest unfiltered, you could say things like this and you would get unchecked. But now we are holding the NYPD accountable. We're holding the unions accountable. And that's why we've been faced with opposition because it's, it's funny how policy, the union brings up policy when it's convenient for the union and the members. But it, for some, for some reason, when it comes to the vaccine, everything else, it, it's off the table. When it comes to the vaccine, you could be forced to do something that you don't agree with against your religious your re religious beliefs. There's no religious accommodations when it comes to the vaccine. When it comes to HIPAA laws, there's HIPAA laws for anabolic steroids, but there's no HIPAA laws when it comes to the vaccine. So complete hypocrisy. I'm sure Paul DiGiacomo, uh, when he sees this, he's going to say, damn, I forgot these two guys are going to hold me accountable. I just got checked. And you're right. You did. You just got checked. You should have thought about when you made that statement. Because you just opened up a new can of worms. Yeah. How how is it how is it not related? And again, I only care about detectives. Okay, there are detectives right now who are terminated. Why? Why? What are you doing for them? Where where's the legal action? How are you trying to get them reinstated without them having to sign away their civil service rights, which none of you could explain what that means, and without having to waive their right to back pay? their right to back pay, right? What are you doing? Wake up. You know, another guy who needs to take a little testosterone therapy, Patrick Hendry. Oh, we're going to need, we're going to need a, a chemical concoction <laughs> for him right now. <laughs> I don't even have to test his blood. I'm telling you right now, go to the doctor. I'm telling you right now, they're going to give it to him. I mean, him and Kaz, they could use it together in some real speech therapy. <laughs> But, you know, along with that, you know what's interesting when we talk about that? We talk about hypocrisy here. And, you know, it's interesting because I think if there's anyone that should be taking testosterone replacement or anabolic steroids, it should be cops. It should be something that's explored for the better health of NYPD members. I do believe that there is a correlation between working out physical health and mental health and actually reporting to work or going sick. I don't know what the numbers are, but I would assume that people that work out and exercise, as I know, I, listen, I'm not a big weight guy. I do some weights, not as much as you and, and a lot of other guys. I'm more into martial arts, but it's exercise. And I know that if I didn't do these things, I would probably get sick more often. And it does keep my testosterone levels at a better rate if I was doing nothing, sitting on the couch. It's interesting, you know, I, because as we get older, if we're comfortable, that's how we get destroyed. That's how our bodies are not ready for the task. We need to be uncomfortable by exercise and working out. And there's a great correlation. We could say that we should want our people working out. The people that are working out, they get up early. They have dedication. They, they usually eat better. There's usually a correlation. If you're working out, you want to eat better. So if these people are, are eating healthy and they're in the gym, those are the people that are not going to be out sick. They're going to be ready for the task. And also, even if they don't have any martial arts training, if they're in the gym and they're exercising, it's important to them how they view themselves in the mirror. I would assume that it's also important to them how they view themselves in the street as a police officer to the public, to themselves and their comrades. And that they would actually be useful because they want to show their other police officers that I'm ready for the task. That's part of masculinity is showing other people around you that you're able to do the job. That's why, John, you said it yesterday. Peacocking. 
that's what masculinity is about. Men peacock to each other. Hey, look at me. I've got muscles. I stay in shape. I'm ready for the job. But this job wants to further emasculate our cops, our detectives, the entire police department. Eric, if you had to just guesstimate, and, you know, obviously we don't have these numbers, and I don't even think the department has these numbers because the evaluation system, which has physical fitness listed on there, which everyone knows is not, you know, people get fives on physical fitness that don't work out. You know, it's ridiculous. I don't even know why it's on there because they don't give real grades on physical fitness. If you had to guesstimate how many members, male members of the NYPD, I'm going to, I'm going to hone on males. I'm not saying that there's, there's some, I know there's some real actual weightlifters. There's some women in the NYPD that are stronger than me. And I know for a fact, way better shape. You know what I mean? Um, um, I actually worked with one of them. I'm not going to blow you up, but you know who you are. Um, it, uh, how many members, how many male members of the NYPD do you think work out? And by workout, I mean run or lift weights or, or, or in martial arts. How, what is the percentage of males, if you had to guess? What are we saying here on a steady basis? Three times a week, four times a week? What's 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 our control base? I'm saying that working out is a consistent part of their life. Working out, being in martial arts, being physically fit is a part of their life consistently, whether it be three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, seven days a week, whatever that is. This person is dedicated to the task at hand for as as, and and it's a a part of this person's life. Well, I would say this. Nationwide, those numbers are pretty low. They're very low. But I would hope that for the police department, for this type of profession, that it would be higher because of the nature of our job, right? Well, our job before before we retired. But the nature of law enforcement is a contact sport. You need physicality. You need it day in and day out. So I think the threshold, I think for the entire country that actually just exercise and works out, I think it's like two percent the last time i checked it's pretty low so i would say for the police department i would hope it's higher and i'm going to say five percent i'm gonna go in the two percent range and i'm gonna do that just because i'm just picturing in my head the commands i've worked in and the males i worked around and working out was not big in the culture Right. I mean, working out was big in the culture of anti-crime. Right. We would get together. We'd go into work early. We'd have bench press competition, squat competition, deadlift competition. I mean, if you look at the who attacked us, what were their names? The the citywide response team, the khaki pants kids. You could tell all those kids work out. You could tell they all look good in uniform. They all look ready. Right. They all probably have these competitions at work. They're sprinting each other. They're racing. They're doing bench press. This is a healthy part of law enforcement culture, but I don't believe it's a big part of the NYPD culture. And I think that's something that should absolutely change. However, this is, again, an attack on masculinity. It's an attack on masculinity. It's an attack on alpha males in the nypd but what do we see about alpha males in the nypd they are put on a pedestal 
right? They are the guys that get assigned to do the high, more high profile units. Now, that's not to say that there's not some big muscle heads that aren't lazy cops and never did a thing because they're all. I'm not going to say that at all. Like, I'm not going to say just because you lift weights, it correlates to that you you're going to be a good cop or you're going to have a great work ethic. It doesn't mean that you could be a very selfish person. And the only thing you care about is you working out, which, you know, and that's to the extreme, but I think overall fitness in people's life breeds confidence and it shows competence. Right. And then these people will excel in life, not only on the job in retirement as well. I couldn't agree with more. I think that, that when we say that is someone fit, it's it's extremely subjective, right? I mean, the average person nationwide, what what do we expect? Three days a week, maybe they have, you know, they might sit by a computer and it's a different job, and they don't. Yes, it's important to, to be physical, but they might that might not be important for their job, the physicality of it. But by God, if you're a New York City police officer, you're in law enforcement anywhere, but especially New York City, where you're dealing with, with a metropolis of eight and a half million people. You should be in tip-top shape. And that's what bugs me is we always hear uh, different excuses. And when I say tip-top shape, that doesn't mean you have to look like a bodybuilder. I mean, there's, there's some guys on Instagram that they're cops right now, and they really promote physical fitness and weightlifting, and, and they help kids in football and things like that. And they're power lifters. So there's a big difference. There are weightlifters to for bodybuilding, you know, to for a certain appearance, there's powerlifting. There's just trying to tone your body. There's marathon runners. There's uh, people like myself into martial arts. There's different forms of exercise, but you should be so doing something. And, and exactly what you said, if you had to run after a perpetrator or, or run, at, run into a burning building, are you able to? to sustain that task so that's something you should always be ready so i would i think that when it comes to level of fitness i believe that you should do something every day i believe fitness should be like brushing your teeth you have to brush your teeth every day morning and night and i think that we should do fitness every day and not say well i'm going to have monday and tuesday and wednesday off every day you should do something even if it's just going out for a brisk walk you should do something those should be your rest days every day it's so important especially as we get older as testosterone levels drop and our bones get more brittle we need to work out and i'm starting to lift more weights even though i'm into martial arts because i hear i hear joe roken and different other podcasts and and i've been doing the research myself and it says as you get older you have to live lift heavy and it helps to maintain your bones and things like that so we should want that from our cops and that's why i think we should actually support them if they're taking testosterone and anabolic steroids and supplements it's, you know, if it's legal we should support them because they're going to be a better cop they're going to be healthier in the long run why would we oppose this it doesn't make sense it absolutely doesn't. I mean, we just, uh, what was the episode we just released? We released an episode last night. It was uh, about the protest, protest response, right? And, and I think one of the things we both honed in on, we said that you not showing up with your helmet and, and your nightstick and your gloves on, you're ready to go. That's the first level of de-escalation right there, your appearance, right? Um, and that's based on the equipment. We're like, let's take the equipment out of that. Let's take whatever. You step out of the car, that is your first level of de-escalation. Eric, could you mute yourself? I'm getting a little feedback from you. Um, so that's your first level of de-escalation. 
you're you're you step out of the car and someone sees you, your physical fitness, your physical appearance. All right, this guy is in his uniform, his uniform's clean. He appears that he works out. He appears to be physically he he he's challenged himself physically. Now, whether that individual is bigger than you or smaller than you, when there's two people who look physically fit, believe me, if that individual is bigger than you, he's going to think twice as opposed to when you're not physically fit. So again, we're moving away from this alpha male that you shouldn't, people should not feel intimidated when they see cops. And I, I, I'm starting to say the exact opposite. And I think it's always been true. When people see cops, they should feel intimidated. They should, they should feel a presence about you. And the only way really for that initial presence before you speak, before there's an interaction is just seeing you like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. All right. Everybody calm down, you know, calm down. You know, it's good. We talked about this on a prior episode. I'm not exactly sure which episode, but I remember mentioning it myself. And do you want to be the guy that walks on the beach that could actually lift lift 400 pounds, or do you want to be on the guy that the guy on the beach that can that looks that has the appearance that you could lift 400 pounds, right? And I think that's important, right? This is the this is one of the few professions where appearance has a correlation to your profession, where we could actually judge someone. But we could, but you know, normally we say don't judge a book by its cover. But this is one of those professions where you want to judge a book by its cover. You want the public to see a police officer look sharp in their uniform, be trimmed. You, like again, I said, you don't have to be the biggest bodybuilder, but you should be the best version of yourself. That when you get out of a car and someone sees you in the uniform, you should look sharp. And they say to themselves. You know what? Even if it's a guy who's six foot five and he's two sixty and he's all muscle, and you get out of the car and you're an average, you're an average American male, five foot nine, and you're hundred and seventy five pounds, but you're in tip top shape. Even though that guy could probably overpower you, he want if he was a perpetrator or an adversary, he wants an easy prey. He doesn't want someone that's going to give him a fight. If you're one hundred seventy five pounds, even without any training as far as martial arts goes but if you're working out in the gym and you have a good appearance that person is going to think twice because they don't want someone that's going to hit them back they want an easy punching bag so again it goes back to this we need to support a presence in our police officers we should support working out support fitness on all levels and we should support if you're taking supplements or taking anabolic steroids testosterone anything to enhance your physical fitness and that's why i said the correlation if women change their bodies to enhance their look and appearance because and, and, and to change also you know some women really struggle they they've had two or three children and they work out hard and they just can't change certain things and they use enhancements to assist them so what's wrong if a police officer used testosterone or anabolic steroids or supplements that are legally prescribed to enhance their body to get to a level they may not get to on their own i don't see any problem with it we all need assistance in, in, in many ways. That's why we study or do certain things. Sometimes we need tools to aid us in it. Just as you said, you, you report to a protest, you have a baton, you have a helmet, these things to, to assist you to do your job better. This is completely an opposition of illegal. I'm not talking about illegal steroids or illegal use of products, legal use to make you do your job effectively better. I, I, to me, I, I, you know, again, I just think there's a huge attack going on on alpha males. So I'm going to explain to you who's an alpha male in the world today, right? I just saw this statistic. My friend sent me this, 
and I was blown away by it. If you bench 225 pounds, that's two plates, two 45-pound plates on each side of a 45-pound bar, you, at the world's population, you're at 0.075% of the world's population could bench 225. Now, just because you bench 225, does that mean that you're healthy? Absolutely not. Doesn't mean that you're healthy. But it means that you have trained means that you've trained. It means that you you are familiar with weightlifting. Um, and so if you do that, kudos to you. If you can do that, you should be working towards it. If you're if you're a healthy male, I don't care what range, you're five four to you're you're six foot five and you're 185 pounds or I'll even say 170 pounds, like 170 to 220, you should be able to easily lift 225 pounds. The craziest stat though here, 315, 0.00125% of the world's population could bench press 315 pounds. I think to me, that just shows as a society how working out really isn't part of an everyday life of a male. Now, 315, I will say you have to train weights to do that. 225, however, I've taken breaks from weightlifting and done other things, P90X, just did push-ups for, for five months, just did push-ups, pull-ups, running, body weight. I've done all that stuff through injuries, and I've went back under 225 and still been able to lift it. So I think that a healthy, normal male should be able to bench 225. At minimum, you should be able to bench your body at minimum. I think it's important that we reflect on what we talked about earlier when we talk about this because it brings back memories. So I remember, oh, by the way, how's my mic now? Does it sound better? I know it echoes sometimes. Who knows what you you're, you're a wild card, Eric. <laughs> well, I'm in a different environment every day. So today I'm just trying not to get echo. I got my mic here. But so, but you know, there are, I, I want people to understand. We're not saying that if you lift weights, you're going to be a great cop. But we're saying to be a better cop, you should stay in shape. You should be fit. It, it's it's a contribution. It's a component to being a cop. It's not everything. Because there are plenty of cops, and they know who they are. Because I said it to them before, and they're watching. I'm not going to give their names. And I would get so mad, and I would get so angry because there were some cops, and those are the guys that are just, just naturally gifted. If they didn't have to work hard, they would be in the gym. They were just big guys, just, just naturally gifted. and. They would throw up crazy amount of weights, but they were lazy or they just didn't know how to do the job. And those were the guys I would say, man, what are you doing? Like, I would get so mad. I said, man, if I had your height and I had your body, do you know what I would do with that? But some of those guys were just completely lazy. So I just want people to understand there are people that are in shape that are not good cops. But what we're saying is to be a good cop, you need that. You need to be you need to be in shape. Are there good detectives out there who do investigations that let their bodies go and they're not out there as physical? Yes. Does that take away from them being an excellent detective? They're not going to like this, but I'm going to say yes. And here's the reason why, because you always have to be an able body. Yes, you may do fantastic investigations, but especially right now with a mass exodus and, and, and an inability to actually recruit the best and the brightest, 
and we're seeing it right now, you may be called upon to fill a sector to ride a patrol car, and now you're out of shape. So you always have to be in shape and be ready for the task because as a police officer, cop, you're not always going to be behind the desk. You, There may be a time that you may be called upon, and you need to be ready. So everyone should be in shape, especially a New York City police officer. I, I, again, you said it, and I agree. Further emasculation from the NYPD. And, and we're not talking about male and female. We're talking about the necessary traits to be a good, effective cop. That goes for men and women. They need those masculine traits. They need to be in shape, both of them, mentally and physically, and they do go together. Absolutely. You know, and um, I, I, I think you're right. And, you know, like a lot of a lot of police work, it gets blamed. Yeah, it gets blamed on uh, it gets blamed that I can't work out because of my schedule. I can't work out because of demanding hours. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's a complete, utter excuse. I did. I was sent to midnights when I was a rookie because I didn't know on anyone on this job. Like like so many people claim I was sent right to midnight. Um, I hated it. Didn't do well with my body. I really had a hard time adjusting to it. And I never did. So when I was on midnight, I worked hard to get off of midnights to get myself to anti-crime so I could have more of a, a, a schedule that was conducive to my sleep pattern, to my eating patterns, and to my working out patterns where I felt good and strong when I was working out. And the minute I did that, my health improved, my overall look improved, my skin improved, everything improved. You know, I went when I was when I was a rookie, I was in great shape midnights deteriorated me and I was smart enough to know that I need to get off this tour immediately. So I did, I worked hard to get myself off of that tour and I did got myself to anti-crime and then I worked hard again to get myself back to where I was. And I, I maintained that the rest of my career. There were times in my career, you know, I had a kid, uh, I would just have crazy work schedules that, but overall, Overall, I don't care if there was detail season and I was getting detailed now, if we were working hard, if I had a hard day, I always did something, whatever that looks like. If I went to New Year's Eve and I knew I was going to stand there for 16 hours, I made sure I worked out before I went. If I came into work the next day, maybe I did 100 pushups that day. That was my workout and that was it. But 100 push-ups a day or 100 body squats or 100 push-ups every other day or 100. And however you get there, one one push-up, uh, five push-ups, three push-ups a thousand times, whatever you want to do. Or even if it's just 20 push-ups or body squats, you could always do something, you know. And 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 that's my thing. A lot of, a lot of physical fitness in the police department is uh, – People let themselves go and they blame the job and the job is stressful and the, and the hours are awful and they're carcinogenic and they're terrible for you. And I know that and the stress is high, but the only thing you could do to combat that truly is work out. That's really the only thing that you could do. Well, you know, what's interesting about this, it really exposes the fact that the NYPD, the makeup of the NYPD Mostly is men and women that are not completely disciplined. Why? Because they lack the leadership, lacks discipline. And, and, and when I say discipline, it's because you hear these excuses, right? I don't have time or they don't pay for it. So unless it's forced upon them, you're not going to do it, except the vaccine, of course. <laughs> but they're not going to work out unless 
it's forced upon them or they have to do it part of their schedule. And that's why I think the, the best cops are the ones that are self-motivated, that have self-discipline. You should, and that's what discipline is, doing the things that you don't want to do. There are there are days, I don't want to train every day. There are days I get up and like, ah, I'm just not feeling today. Those are the days I tell myself, you have to go. The days I'm tired, the days that I have a, you know, a tweak or some injury, I force myself to go. You know what happens afterwards? I feel total bliss. And that's why, the reason why I'm talking about this is because there's a correlation with discipline, physical health, and mental health. And these are very important components to be an effective police officer and cop and to not have issues with stress and post-traumatic trauma. Because there is a complete correlation. And that's why I say the job should really be pushing the cops and anyone, any rank and file to be fit. Because if they're working out in the gym, that's the time where, they're, where their brains have an opportunity to shut down and really kind of, when you're working out and you have music on or, or whichever fitness you do, if you run, or if you're working out, your body is it should not be feeling stress. It may be feeling stress in the muscles, but this is an opportunity for your brain to relax. This is almost like meditation. For some people, I know when they work out, it, it's pretty much meditation. They have their music on, and this is an opportunity where they just feel themselves and really escape everything to have a mental release. I know myself when I haven't if something stresses me or if I'm feeling sad, I'll I'll work out, and and it makes me feel better. Um, I, I give, for instance, when my father passed away during COVID, I, I, I was, I was training and I, I, you know, I was working out a little bit in the gym, but I was training, I was doing jujitsu, I was doing boxing, but I didn't run for a long time. But when my father passed away the next day, I, I ran out, I'm sorry, I went out and I ran 14 miles and I didn't run for a long time. But the reason I just kept running, I, I even had to take an Uber I had to take an Uber home because it was a long time. My muscles were killing me. I definitely tore some stuff, but that made me feel better. And that was my mental health. And that's what cops need. Absolutely. And uh, just FYI, I never took supplements and I still don't. Uh, I started to take creatine, but I just, I think like, so for me, it really would have been a no issue. I didn't really take supplements the whole, the whole time I was on the job. Um, I never did a pre-workout. I mean, coffee was probably my pre-workout. Uh, but other than that, you know, I never really did anything. I just tried to monitor my diet and keep a high protein diet. Um, but I just, I still just think it's a complete utter overreach. I think it just shows the level of laziness and leadership. It's the same thing with the quotas, you know, like, you know, to tell someone they got to get two collars a month as an NYPD cop is a complete utter joke to me because I found it hard every day to not go out and make an arrest. Whatever day I suited up and I was on the street, I found it very hard to not make an arrest. I, I There were very few days when I was like, I'm not arresting anybody because I had something to do or I couldn't. I never really said that because I understood the nature of police work. And, you know, there are guys that go out all the time that I'm not going to arrest anybody. I got things to do. And I never did that because I was like, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was mentally healthy. And I didn't think it was conducive to my personal safety to say, I can't, I can't affect an arrest today. It's like, no, if something pops up, I got to do what I got to do. I'm a cop, 
you know, and so, and I think a lot of the quotas stem from this same reason. It's laziness. It's laziness and leadership. The unwillingness to root out who's using anabolic steroids and who's just taking a supplement. And it's like, oh, well, you know, our test is no good. Guess, guess what? Maybe your test is really faulty and you got to get a better test. The whole drug testing policy in the NYPD is ridiculous. The whole thing needs to be looked at because it's a joke. I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys a story. When I was in internal affairs, I got drug tested seven times, seven times in one year. In one year, every time I had to get my leg shaved and every time I had to pee. Seven times. Hold on. You got you to gotta keep yourself muted, dude. Um, seven times in a year, um, which is unbelievable. So now seven times, I go seven times and there are people that never go, right? So who, who's to say, who's to say, I obviously, I don't use drugs, right? Because you've tested me so many times that, that in those other times when I could have been possibly using you could have been testing other people and then came back to retest me, but you didn't. You just kept testing me and all those other people skated. And then eventually when they did get, when, when they did start going around, guess what happened? People started popping. Right. And I was like, wait, I was like, if that's not, if that's not something to be looked at, I mean, that is something to look at. And that's true of not only IAB, also in the detective bureau too. When you're in those smaller bureaus and you're in that own pool, those drug testing procedures need to be looked at. Because I guarantee you it's someone going down the list with a finger going, drug test him, drug test him, drug test her, drug test him. You know, and, and they're skipping all their friends. That actually makes me laugh. It brings back memories. I remember when uh, guys on the job, you know, they would get involved in fitness and work out really hard, especially the young guys. You know, they see the results really quick. And some of the guys that, you know, they would put on weight and get a little bigger. And then somehow they would get called to take a test for steroids. And I, I remember they would come back and I'm like, congratulations. That's awesome. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Someone, that's, they're giving you a compliment. I mean, someone thought that you look so good right now that, you you know, you built yourself up that you had to get tested. I'm like, that's outstanding. That used to, used to make me laugh because I, it's amazing how, the NYPD is under the assumption that if anybody increases in size or, you know, gets any muscle mass and starts looking good, they must be taking steroids. And one thing, listen, I've never taken any anabolic steroids or testosterone replacement in my life. And I'm, at the same time, I'm not against it. I'm not against taking something that can help you if you take it legal and you take it responsibly. I'm not against it, right? People take marijuana for, for legal reasons to help them. There's uh, people take vitamins. There's all different types of tools and assistance that people use to better themselves. If we use it properly, I'm not against it because the research says, even if you take anabolic steroids, legal or illegal, if you're not putting in the work, you're not getting the results. You still have to put in the work. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all these bodybuilders, even though they've taken supplements and steroids throughout their lives, they didn't sit on the couch and inject themselves and get muscles. They worked hard for it. They put the hours into it. They lost the sleep. They studied it. So the same thing goes for the cops that, that actually are into fitness right now. Just because you're working out doesn't mean that they should suspect you of taking an illegal anabolic steroid because they're afraid you're going to pop on a test. But the problem also of, with having a faulty test is you do leave room for error so that the cops that are 
the few cops, I hope, that possibly are taking illegal anabolic steroids, they you've now gave gave them the opportunity to say, well, I did take some supplement that they know triggers a faulty test. So what are your thoughts on that? Again, it's it, like it's, it's laziness. It's unwillingness to root out who's actually using something and who isn't. We're just if you pop, we're firing you. It's it's complete insanity. It, to me, it's complete insanity. It's like this guy did absolutely nothing wrong. He was a good cop. He bought something legally. He did it for a good reason, for his own personal health. And, and you're like, well, if you pop, you're done. It's like, no, no, I'm not because I'm going to sue you. And more than likely, I'm going to win. So I don't understand why you're going to fire me and why you're going to try to ruin my life because some other guy, and by the way, is anabolic steroids a huge problem in the NYPD? I don't think so because I'm looking around and I think that cheeseburgers are a much bigger problem in the NYPD than, than anabolic steroids. I think pizzas a much bigger problem in the NYPD than anabolic steroids. So I'm not even seeing what the problem is here other than your test is faulty and you keep getting false positives and keep trying to fire people and people keep winning their jobs back. Maybe it's time to look at our test. Maybe we should look at our test. I know Kaz, I know you're watching this. Oh, shout out to Kaz Daughtry. He's on X, Assistant Commissioner Kaz Daughtry. Um, he, uh, he's on X. He's at NYPD Daughtry. If you guys want to follow him, give him a shout out. I'm, I will not be a part of that, but you guys can if you'd like. Um, and, but maybe he, he wants to improve morale. Maybe he could look at that. Like, hey, we, we're going to, we're going to, look at these tests, these drug tests, and look at fair, a fair process and a fair test that does not discriminate against people who work out and take workout supplements. Maybe that, right? Where's the equity in that? The equity for everybody, except if you're a Christian and except if you work out and take workout supplements, right? Equity for everybody else though, right? So I think maybe he should look at that. And uh, again, I just think the whole process is unfair. And just back to, to that one thing, the thing that really infuriated me is if you looked at my leg at that time, I looked like a tiger, dude. They shaved my legs so many times. I had tiger stripes. So like the spring comes and I don't realize it because it's just one of those things, right? Your leg looks st stupid. I wasn't going to shave my whole leg. I, so I just had all these different layers of lengths of hair and all this other stuff. I have hairy legs. I'm Italian. You know, I had all these different and these 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 swipes of a razor and my neighbor comes out. And I'm cleaning my leaves and she just keeps looking down at my leg as she's talking to me. I have shorts on. It's like it's not that warm yet, but it's getting warm. And I'm like, I don't want to look down, but I'm like, what the hell is she looking at? Why does she keep looking down at my leg? So then when she, we leave, she walks away. I look down on my leg. I'm like, oh, she thinks I'm a weirdo. I have tiger stripes going down my leg because I got drug tested seven times in a year as opposed to a fair process where everybody just gets drunk. That's the, so. Well, then, then you're one of the guys I would be congratulating. I would have been like, I would have been high five. You're like, that's awesome. You got tested seven times. That means they think you look good. That's awesome. I mean, how many guys we've seen have worked out and looked good and got tested. Are they guys doing steroids Ill illegally? Absolutely. I would put my last dollar on it. But the majority of them are working out. I don't. I don't think they're actually doing steroids. You can't obtain. Uh, you can't obtain a physically fit body, muscular, but by, by using steroids. 
And I think for the most part, from the stuff I've read, you, you could kind of tell. Usually, you could tell the the jawline changes, the chin, and there's certain you know certain acne on the back. Uh, that doesn't mean a hundred percent they're doing steroids, but usually they do correlate if they're using illegal anabolic steroids. But with that being said, you said something that I I, I like because we spoke about this the other day is morale. Let's talk about the morale that comes with health and wellness with being physically fit and actually working out. You were part of a crime team. I was part of anti-crime as a sergeant, as a lieutenant. And we always worked out together. It, it, built, it, built, a, uh, it built a camaraderie. And you and I talked about this. It's so true. It increases your testosterone levels. You're going to lift more weight. Maybe that's an opportunity. That's when you should try to lift 225 when you're with the whole group because you're looking at the guys next to you and you want to show that you're the best. Why? Because you're in competition with each other. You want to show your guys that you could be the best. You want them to know that you're strong. They want they want you to know that they're strong. You And that builds the camaraderie. That builds the morale. That's a masculine alpha male thing to do. An alpha female, I'm sure. You know, I know women, back when I was in at PSA 7, there was a couple of women that used to work out together. And they used to build the morale. And they would feed off each other. And they used to do YouTube videos and had, like, their own fitness channel. They were working out. And they're, they're, they're feminine, but these are masculine traits that you need for the police department to stay in shape. It builds morale. It builds community. It builds camaraderie. There's a lot of good that comes out of it. And not everyone that's working out is taking illegal anabolic steroids. And again, I, I say that if they are taking it legally, why don't we explore this and promote this idea of taking it and start testing our guys to make sure that they could actually do the job? Because what I learned in the past, especially when I came back from the, from the Marines, and I would notice, and you would see a lot of guys when they come back from the military, they're in phenomenal shape when they're away, but they come back and they they lose it in a short time. They get out of shape and they lose, they gain a lot of uh, weight, and usually they start to get fat. And I didn't know I learned years later. The reason why is because when your testosterone levels are so high because you're constantly in battle or at war or doing something that's, it, it, that requires an extreme amount of hypervigilance, and you're actually constantly doing something physical, when you get home and you're not at that same rate, the testosterone levels drop immensely and it's hard to get back. So there are plenty of guys that are in the military and the police department, they go away. I'm sure that affects them. And as people get older, they may need testosterone replacement. So I think this is something they should start to explore to make the cops better and have a better presence and better health. Absolutely. I, I also, I, I think it correlates a lot with, uh, with marijuana now. Right. Marijuana is legal now. New York City, it's completely legal. I personally am not a fan of it. I don't I think it's very chemical based. I think a lot of the things that are out there now truly aren't organic. It's not marijuana like when we were kids, like a leafy green substance. It's these oils. It's all these things. I don't believe that cops should use marijuana to get high. Um, Again, we're not even allowed to be intoxicated other than if we're at home out sick in convalescence so maybe in that time i could agree with it um but i do think that if a doctor prescribed marijuana whether it be to get you high or not it's something that should be looked at it's something that the job should take seriously now if they're if they're prescribing you marijuana and you're going to be intoxicated obviously i would be totally against you being able to be a police officer and go to work in that state. 
if they're prescribing you, I don't know, CBD for whatever, lower anxiety for whatever, clears your acne, whatever the medical reasoning could be, and you could do that safely and you're not intoxicated, then I think, again, who the hell is the police department at this point to say anything about it? You know what? I totally agree because, I mean, it's pretty crazy. You could go to a doctor as a cop and get to you get into a bad car accident in a patrol car and go to a doctor, a doctor, and they basically prescribe you heroin, but yet you can't get prescribed marijuana, which which has been proven to help psych, uh, you know, psych issues and trauma, which cops may need for stress. It it, it it's working right now. It's really being used on on veterans, and yet. I mean, look at the correlation. I mean, it's just a complete dichotomy. You could, because it's something that's accepted by society, because that's what big pharma pushes. And again, but yet, as a cop, we don't. Ex we should explore that. We should, ex and, and that's why I say we should explore the idea of cops taking testosterone replacement as they get older. Because most of the cops, if you want to stay on this job past twenty-two years, twenty-five years, if you want to keep the veterans. They need to stay in shape also. And as you get older, that's something that's hard to do. So they may need those testosterone replacement therapy. And if they can't legally take it, where they, they're, they're potentially going to take it illegally. So why don't we explore this idea and have an open conversation about it? Communication breaks barriers and start to break the barriers and really understand marijuana better. Let's understand testosterone replacement and supplements better and why they're better for the cops. If we have a full discussion and we determine ultimately that it's actually better for the cops not to take it, and we find that you know it the way it's weighed on a scale, but at least let's explore the idea. But just to completely ignore it, I, I think is is a problem. And that's what the police department does historically is they just ignore things, pretend it's not there, and and it will just go away. And, and we see it right now with these faulty tests. Why can't we just explore a quality test? spend quality money so that cops can actually take the supplements to enhance their bodies to make a better presence. It correlates. I mean, John, we just had two police officers in a fight for their lives. It was probably one of the most embarrassing videos we've ever seen. You know, I, I question, are those two working out? I, I highly doubt it because most of the time people that are working out care about how they look and they care how they're going to perform in the street. What are your thoughts on, on that video? Do you think it correlates to masculinity and also this anabolic steroid use? I mean, I could tell you right now, people that don't work out at all are more likely to have acted the way that those two officers did, as opposed to someone who works out way less likely that they would give that same, I don't even want to say effort, that same response. Um, there was a complete unwillingness there. There was a complete unwillingness to fight on both parties, uh, not just a female. Everybody's knocking the female. There was a complete unwillingness to use violence. There was a complete unwillingness to put those tasers down. Um, I do think a lot of what I saw is systemic because I've seen it in a lot of other videos. And so have you, and we've spoken about, I mean, dozens and dozens of videos, and we've seen a systemic problem when it's time to use your hands. 
that people are unwilling to use their hands. You know, I mean, you're already at a level two use of force when you pull out that taser. So if it's, I, I, and again, we've seen that the taser completely failed <laughs> twice. I mean, he literally, he got the taser to work. So it was actually, shouldn't even be considered a failure because he got the taser to work and stunned him, but then he just ripped the darts out and got up and walked away. So it, it's a failure. It's not containing that individual in the hyped up state. So the, the taser is a complete failure. I was never a big fan of the taser. I'm still not. And now I haven't even have to see in that video. I'm like, throw those things in the garbage. Throw those things in the garbage. Get rid of them. It's ridiculous. Use your hands. But not only that, was there an unwillingness to fight, which I think is the bigger problem of everything. Because you could be trained. You could work out. You could do all these things. It all starts in your head. If you're not willing, if you're not willing to take a beating or to get in the mix, you're not ready. You should not be out there on New York City streets at all. You should not put that uniform on. I don't even know what that feeling is to go out there and be unprepared because I would never, ever, ever do that. That is the most dangerous thing I, I could ever think of. Um, so th that is right there, the unwillingness. But I, I also going to say they're not trained. They did not know what to physically do to contain him. And that is very obvious in that video. I know this episode, we're talking about anabolic steroids and with the threat of cops losing their job because they're taking supplements. But I had to somehow throw this throw this video that happened, it, it, some conjecture, and throw it in this episode because it's just been on my mind. I, it's so much scuttlebutt and so much talk about it. I mean, it's just, it's so insane. You know, I, I've had people uh, speak to me and say, you know, right now with what's going on with CCRB and city council and the media and, and, and optics and public perception. And that's all there. I get it. Right. John, you and I spoke about this and I said, I get it. Right. Those things are real. They slow you down. They do. They slow you down. And sometimes they do inhibit and they tell you back from doing your job. But when the fight is already on and you're fighting for your life, and I say this all the time, and it's unfortunate. I do think that eventually an NYPD cop will lose their life to a tussle where there's no firearm involved. I hope I'm wrong, but the laws of probability are leaning towards that way. It's really unfortunate. But what we see is it's just, it's insane. And, and that's why I think that no matter what, yes, CCRB, city council, all these things are on your head. And they do slow you down. But once you're in that fight and fight for your life, if you really, your head was in it and you were not, and you're willing to fight to sit, to fight for your partner, to fight yourself and to fight for the public because you have that warrior spirit, you're going to take CCRB and tell them to shove it. City council, the public, and every one of these every one of these armchair critics that suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect and you're going to forget all about it and you're going to fight to the teeth. You don't have to be the biggest bodybuilder. You don't have to be Bruce Lee. You don't have to be Matt Hughes to have heart to fight. You have to fight. You are a New York City police officer. John, do you have a pitch to show even Mike Tyson, who's one, who was and still is one of the most feared men on the planet, he thinks that you need to be tough to be a New York City police officer. Do you have that picture that we could put up? I don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, we I don't have it, but yeah. I, but do you have it to re read at least what, uh, what Mike Tyson says? Because there's a poster from years ago. If people have an opportunity to look it up, it's a picture of Mike Tyson. When he was at his prime and tip-top shape, 
and I think this uh, the actual title is something that you know it takes a better man than me to be a New York City police officer, something like that. Am I right? Is that what it says? That's what it says. It's exactly. It takes a bigger person than me. He doesn't. He right. doesn't use. He doesn't use a gender role in there. He doesn't say male or female. It takes a bigger person than me to be a New York City police officer because, again, females can be very good police officers, but they will exhibit masculinity. Uh, sorry, I play with this mic, but absolutely, you're 100% right. Females, males doing this job, you have to have those masculine traits. And yes, I, you know what? Thank you to Mike Tyson for saying that. It's so true. You have to be a bigger person to be a New York City police officer. You have to be rattled. For, you have to be ready for any battle. That battle could be with a firearm. That battle could be with your tongue, or that battle could be with your fist. And John, I've told you, the FBI did a study that the taser is ineffective 49 percent of the time. And you said. You doubt those stouts, it's probably even worse. And you're right. I mean, we saw it. But what do we see is that she was so honing in on using that taser because she wanted that distance. She wasn't willing to engage her adversary, that perpetrator, into a clinch. She didn't want to put her hands on because she hasn't been pressure tested. You have to be pressure tested. You have to be pressure tested to understand physicality. You have to be in the gym working out, do some type of self-defense or martial arts, both one or the other. But you have to do something. I have a lot of respect for weightlifters, powerlifters, even if you don't do any martial arts. But they're being pressure tested. They're in the gym. They're pushing weights to the point of when they're in their, when they're in pain, they're uncomfortable. That's being pressure tested. As a New York City police officer, you have to be pressure tested because when you when you fire that taser and it doesn't work, guess what? You have to be ready to close that gap. And they're not ready. Why? Because when you are pressure tested, you're doing martial arts, you're working out, you're boxing, you're doing jiu-jitsu, wrestling, you're lifting weights, you know your limitations and capabilities. It's honest. That's where it tells the truth. We say in jiu-jitsu that the mats tell the truth. The, the mats the mats tell the truth. The mats don't lie. That's where you find out about yourself when you're in the gym, who you are, what you're made of. You know your limitations and capabilities. But if you don't pressure test, pressure test yourself, you don't know that. And when she fired that taser, she found out and she knew. She wasn't ready at all. And what I saw from the other police officer, and it's not a, a knock, male or police officer, but that male police officer eventually was on his knees and almost begging for his life. It, it was just, just a terrible display. Not, and, and I say to myself, how do you look at other people and say, you know what? I'm a New York City police officer. I'm, I'm, I, I'm an alpha male. And you're on your knees. It's okay if you lose or if that person hits you in the face, but you have to fight to the teeth. You represent the iconic badge. You represent yourself. You represent your partner. You represent the entire department, the public, your family. You represent everyone. Absolutely. 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 I mean, that's that's just what it is. You have to be ready. Shout out to the responding units who came in there. I'm going to say right now, they're probably not trained either, but they're just, they're just built differently. They went in there. They weren't playing around. They wanted to get that situation brought to a close successfully, quickly, like we were trained to do in the past. They took the male to the ground. He started to swing. They swung. They put him in the ground. He was in handcuffs in about 0.3 seconds. Very humane how they did it. I don't care that he got punched. You hear everyone in the crowd. Guess what? That's what happens when you raise your hand to another man. That's what happens when you raise your hand to a New York City police officer. That was the response that needed to have happened, and it didn't. And again, the problem systemic. The problem and the reason when you see the guys fighting, it's not because they're trained by the New York City Police Department. It's because you're taking kids from Brooklyn, from Queens, from Staten Island, from the Bronx, 
from even Long Island. And these are kids who worked out, who were in wrestling, who played football, who played basketball, who played baseball, who lifted weights, who boxed, who did all these other things. And those are the guys that are willing to get in the mix. And that's who should we, the New York City Police Department should be targeting, not targeting, hey, listen, we want to, we want some more non-binary so that we could have equity. We could have equity. No, we need exactly what the mission of this police department is to do. Exactly what the, the mission of law enforcement is to do is to protect and preserve life. And who's going to do it? Somebody that works out every day and takes workout supplements or someone who identifies as non-binary? Who's going to do it? You know what? I can't agree with you more. I used to say this when it comes to recruitment. And I would say to, to people I knew that were to recruiting, where do you actually recruit? Because, John, I'm going to ask you right now. If you were a recruiter for the NYPD and you just you, know, you had to get your boots on the ground and you had to go find men and women that you thought would be capable of the, to do the job, where would you go? Where would you go to find people? Let's say right now they didn't even have to take a test. All you had to say was, listen, you, 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 if you want a job, you got it. You got to go to the six months academy. Where would you go? Where would you point your finger and say, hey, buddy, you're going. You know what? That lady over there, come with me. Where would you go? Because I know where I would go. Where would you I'd go? go? Every gym, every New York City park, every every college where there's where there's uh where there's sports teams, intramural, whatever. I'd go hand out flyers all there. I would be looking for athletic, physical, fit people to become New York City police officers. Whether you're a male, female, or even if you're non-binary, if you're physically fit and you're physically capable, and you're out there on New York City streets, that's who I'm going after. That's who I'm targeting. That's who I'm going to send my recruitment ad to. I'm not going to worry about diversity or equity or inclusion because when I when I do that organically, the pool of candidates that I'm going to get is going to be organically diverse. It was going to be organically look up at the makeup of New York City as opposed to what they're doing now, which is not. It's forced equity. And what we're seeing is we're lowering we're lowering our standards in order to force diversity in, in this nonsensical Marxist ideology of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's equal opportunity. Everybody has the same opportunity regardless of where you're come from. We cannot root out these historical differences in society. It's, it's absolutely, utterly ridiculous, especially when you're looking at a, a society of poor immigrants who all came to this country and got treated awfully. So it's ridiculous. It's a Marxist ideology set up to divide us. It needs to stop immediately. Equal opportunity needs to come back. Diversity, equity, inclusion needs to go. I can't agree with you more. Now, I, I could say this. Even before... Before the post-George Floyd effect, which I like to call that, that started the lowering standards and creating this hiring process of diversity, equity, inclusion. Even before that, I, I started to say around 2018, I really started to see the change. And I remember, I think I said on a prior podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Some of the cops would say to me, wow, boss, look, they just hire anybody right now. As we would see the new recruits come in. I didn't see any fire in their eyes. I said, you know what? That's not the case. They don't hire just anybody. They hire a specific type. This is before DEI. Meek, timid, and docile. And then it went even further with this post-George Floyd effect. It was all part of the de Blasio era, really stemming from Obama himself. This all trickled down from Obama to de Blasio 
throughout politics where we changed the face of policing and we saw meek, timid, and docile young men and women that had no place in law enforcement. And I'm shocked that they actually thought that they would be cops. I guess I don't know what they thought they were getting into. Because what you said about recruitment, that's exactly what I would do. I would go to the gyms. I would go to football fields. I would go to the parks with kids are playing, you know, men are playing basketball, martial arts schools. That's exactly, I, I, that's exactly what I would do. Target people that you believe are up for the test, that they're physically, they, they show dedication, discipline, that they're willing to work and push their bodies. They're about morale. They're about camaraderie. And so along with that post-George Floyd effect, with that DEI effect, it just compounded and we're, and we're seeing even more meek, timid, and docile. That video is a, a complete reflection of that. And it's not a one-off. I know you use that term. But it's, you know, uh, sometimes we ha when something happens, you'll say, oh, that's a one-off. And John, you, you and I both agree. We talked about this. What we saw, that's now the majority of the police department. That's what you're going to see. The majority of the police department hand themselves in a controversial physical altercation with an adversary and, and this is just completely sad so i'd like to invite and john i hope you agree i'd like to invite anyone that is retired from the new york city police department because we don't want to get anyone on the job in trouble that's active anyone that's retired if you worked in candidate assessment or before that if it was the applicant processing division or if you worked in recruiting i'd like to know if you agree with me that the job was specifically targeting meek timid and docile men and women to fill the role of the police department and not allowing alpha males and alpha females. Cause I always say, I believe that they find a way to psych alpha males and alpha females off the job, especially now we also see alpha male and alpha white females. If you see that, please let me know if I'm right. And if you're in opposition and if you say that I'm totally wrong, that that's not what's happening. I, I invite you to come on this podcast. I'd love to have a discussion about it. So please, Take my uh, take my opportunity on it, someone. If you're watching this, I, I would appreciate it. No, yeah, I think uh, you know uh, we have open invitations here. So whoever's looking to, we'll get you scheduled. We have a busy, busy 2024 schedule um, already. So if you're looking to come on, definitely hit us up. Go to our website. Our website was down uh, two days ago. It's back up now. I don't know what happened, uh, but it's back up. You could contact us directly through there if you're looking to come on. And just uh, please tag us on what you would like to talk about, and we will do our best to fit you in the schedule 100%. We did have some open invites out there to Chief John Shell, to Kaz Daughtry, to Tariq Shepard. Uh, they never responded. Patrick Hendry still never responded either because he's a complete coward um and and you know to the rest of the union presidents too you guys are welcome to come on you know i know especially since my emails uh shut down but uh <laughs> but you guys are all welcome so you know feel free anybody disagrees agrees you're always welcome uh shows an open platform discussion of ideas uh you want to come on and bash us that's fine too you know i'm more than willing to to talk about my career so is eric um i don't i don't see any any reason why why not you know uh like Eric always says, opposition meets opportunity. Um, so I, I, I think we've been going on a while now. Uh, anything else you want to hit before we go? Uh, last thing I want to say, uh, I just want to ask you, do you think that if a law enforcement, law enforcement officer anywhere in the nation is caught taking illegal, not legal, illegal, anabolic steroids should that be an immediate termination yes i do 
I do. I think it, I think it shows your integrity. Uh, I think it shows your integrity. I think that the biggest hypocrisy to me of the mandate is knowing that people that held to their principles who were either terminated or resigned or vested to hold to their principles are still without work. But people who faked vaccine cards, who faked cards to just just shows a complete lack of integrity. So if you're going to take illegal products and illegal steroids and put them in your body, I absolutely 100% think that you would do a lot of other things that are illegal. I think it, it proves your character. And I think 100% you should be fired and you are not a New York City police officer. I think that you're spot on, brother. I agree with you 100%. And that's why I say to the NYPD, especially the upper echelon, we know you're watching this. We know you're watching every day. You need to have it qualified. You need to have the best test possible. For that reason, I agree with you. If there are law enforcement law enforcement officers in the NYPD as we speak taking illegal anabolic steroids, Yes, they should be terminated because it says a lot about their character and, and it leads to other things and, and definitely questions their morality and their integrity and their moral principles. So wouldn't you want to have an accurate test? Wouldn't you have an accurate test to weed out those that are taking it illegally and to have a complete separation from those that are getting it legally prescribed by a doctor? They actually went out of their way to care about their physical health, care about their appearance, even if it's just because they want to look good. Well, that's important also when they were in uniform and they went and got it prescribed by a doctor or they got testosterone or, or they actually went and bought over-the-counter supplements legal. Don't we want to have a complete dichotomy and separation between those law enforcement officers that took the proper steps and took it legally in comparison to those that took the, the other route and used it by illegal means? Don't we want to weed those people out? And so if we have a faulty test, we can't. You actually leave too much room for error just by saying – don't take those supplements because now we don't know if we're saying don't, we don't know who's taking illegal, who's taking it illegally or who's not because we leave too much room for error. That's my argument on this. I think it's a, I think it's a great argument. I think it's an absolute great argument. And it's, it's the same thing. People are like, Oh, just take, just take this, just give them this, this, uh, this fake card or whatever, or just go to one of the, these, these shops where you could do whatever. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not making myself the bad guy. I didn't do anything wrong. Why would I make myself the bad guy? Why would I compromise my integrity to to go against this to to for this elite this illegality? Now I'm the bad guy, right? But here in this situation, these guys aren't doing anything wrong, and they're being made to be the bad guy. They're being made to be the bad guy without even ever doing anything. They're like, I went to GNC and I bought this product and now I'm the bad guy because your test is terrible. So I agree a thousand percent. I, you know, I, I think that that just shows. And again, it just shows the weakness in leadership. It shows how little, how truly little the NYPD not only cares for your mental health, your mental well-being, but how much it cares about your physical health as well. It doesn't. And again, like I said, the pictures of those chiefs that you see and the appointed that are up there, you should take a good look at them and say, when I retire, I'm never going to be like these people. When I'm that age, I'm not going to look like them. Um, only one that's in shape in years, I think, is Tanya Kinsella 
and, and like she's the only one you know um she runs obviously she works out I, I i'm not sure she takes supplements whatever she's the only one the rest of them i mean they're in terrible terrible shape i you know i mean my goal i graduate the academy when i'm going to get my uh whatever that's called your uh your dress uniform the, I wanted it fitted to my body. And the lady's like, you know, traditionally we don't do that. We give you a bigger, a bigger size. I was like, well, I don't want a bigger size. I want it fitted to my body. And she's like, what, you know, she's like, but you know, people come in the academy, they lose weight. And then after the academy, they gain weight. I was like, well, I came into the academy the same weight. I didn't lose or gain a pound in the academy. Um, I'm going to keep my same physique the entire time. And she looked at me like I had 10 heads, which I did till the day I retired. I never got another dress uniform. So you guys that are on that aren't on yet that are going to get on, that should be your goal. One thousand percent. That should be your goal. My first dress uniform will be my only dress uniform. As I move up the ranks, I will be putting patches and removing insignias and everything else. That should be your goal in the NYPD. That was my goal. It was a great goal. I achieved it. I still to today, it fits perfectly on me. 205 entering the academy, 205 leaving the academy. I sit currently at 205. You know, it's pretty funny. There's I, I forgot his name, but there's a guy, he's he's all over social media. He has a he has a business. I think he's an investor actually. And he says when he hires people in his company, he's actually he's a he's very into fitness and his wife, they're both really into fitness, uh, both in fantastic shape. And he says when he hires people that they have to have one of his rules is that they have to have a six pack. So it's pretty funny. People, I, do you do you know who this guy is? I'm talking about. I forgot his name. He's all over social media anyway. But he, he's people have asked him like, well, uh, how do you do that? Like, well, why do they have to have a six pack? And he says, well, he believes that if they take if they really care that much to have a six pack, that they're going to be a better employee. So I'm not saying it has to be that way. That they have to have you know the most amazing six pack. But I understand his point of view because what he's saying is this person made sure to eat healthy. This person made sure that they get up early or they have a regiment that they're and they're committed to something because it's it is it's being disciplined and having fitness in your life. It's not an easy thing. Let's be honest. It's not an easy thing. You have to force yourself to do it right tomorrow. Get up. Do it again. The next day, lift weights. Do it again. The next day you're tired. You work 12 hours. Do it again. Do it again. It does get tiring. It does get cumbersome, but that's where the discipline comes in. So those are the people you want to fill the role of your company. So I understand that it should be the same for the police department. You want people that care about the way they look because there's things that correlate with the way they look. It's their appearance. They want to make sure they look good in uniform. And what does it take to look good in uniform? You have to work out. That's for the majority of people. There are some outliers he knows exactly who he is, who I'm talking about right now. There's this cop that used to work for me. This guy would eat cheeseburgers. He would go to White Castle, just gifted, blessed. He had a six-pack. He was in phenomenal shape. He knows exactly. One of, one of my buddies, great guy. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like, Damn, man. He would come in, do do two, three curls, and walk out, and, and, and he looked phenomenal. But he's, he's a like, very low percentage most people are not gifted like that. Most people have to put the work in. So don't you want those people that put the work in? They put the work in themselves. They're going to put the work on the job. I, I, I think it about sums it up, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, before we go, I just want to read one thing from P. 
PS Custom Tailoring. I've never been to that shop. I don't even know where it's located. Um, he does weigh in on a lot of posts, though, the gentleman that owns that shop. And someone just sent me something that he wrote. He said, if New York City law enforcement is as advanced as they claim they are, they would invest in researching the effects of sleep apnea and heart disease developed through lack of sleep from forced overtime, prolonged collar processes, and highway therapy instead of giving us fucking robot dogs. I am not hiding behind a meme, a page, nor am I a retired cop. I am someone just genuinely concerned about the health and well-being of my customers. So, you know, this is coming from somebody that just owns a shop, like a, a clothing shop where cops and EMS and firemen go to to get their uniforms or whatever necessities they need to perform their duty. And he even sees it himself that the health and wellness module in the NYPD is basically it's just there for show. And this just shows that. And the only and just like the health and wellness unit is there for show. So are units, our unions, because you see that that statement from Paul DiGiacomo, how hypocritical, how ridiculous it was. Um, also, you know, tied into your physical health, your mental health and your mental well-being is what, Eric? It's your financial health. So, uh, you know, if you guys aren't investing, if you're not if you're not maxing out your 457, if you don't have a 401k on top of that, if you're eligible to do the ITHP and the 50 percent additional and you're not doing that, you're a fool. I'm telling you right now, I will sit down with you with your finances. I guarantee that you could afford to do that. You know, I used to hear all the time, oh, I can't afford to do the 50% additional as the guy smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. I'm like, yeah, no, you could afford cigarettes, but you can't afford your 50% additional where you get eight and a quarter on your money. Ridiculous. You know, give off friends at Laid Law Blue a call, John and Henry. It's a free consultation. There's nothing going to stop you. The only person stopping you from financial freedom is yourself. If you're in retirement, you're unhappy with your financial advisor, give John and Henry a call. Go see them at their offices. They're great guys. I actually talk to them from time to time. Uh, they're just funny guys. They're good guys. Go over your, go over your financial plan with them. Uh, tell your all friends at Lead Law Blue, uh, find us on Filthy Singer. Law enforcement professionals dedicate their lives to serving and protecting our community. But who's protecting their financial futures? That's where Laid Law Blue comes in. Our wealth management platform is specifically designed for the law enforcement community. Laidlaw Blue is a division within Laidlaw Wealth Management run by retired New York City detective John McDermott. His status as a retired detective uniquely positions him to establish a deep connection between Laidlaw Blue and the law enforcement community. Our platform is easy to use and provides a range of financial services, including investment management, retirement planning, and insurance solutions. With Laidlaw Blue, you can secure your financial future and provide for your loved ones. Our team of experienced financial advisors understands the unique challenges and opportunities that law enforcement professionals face. We're here to help you navigate the complexities of financial planning and achieve your goals. Laidlaw Blue, secure your financial future today.
book a meeting using the QR code displayed or call us directly on 888-901-BLUE. That's 888-901-BLUE.